Today's episode of 10 Minute Misconduct is brought to you by Simplot and Southland Honda. Thank you for your support of junior hockey in the Pemina Valley. And now, 10 Minute Misconduct with your host, Kevin Pauls. Again, folks, it's another time for an uh, installment of the 10-Minute Misconduct for the Hickler Flyers podcast here. Very special evening indeed. We've been joined by uh, the GM, Jeff Jeanson, and as always, uh, joining me, Kelvin Check. Uh, wonderful to have you guys aboard. I'm looking forward to this one. Lots for us to discuss. Uh, you know, lots of topics we'd like to pick Jeff's brain on, of course, and lots of happenings around the NHL. Uh, glad you guys could make it. You bet. Thanks, Kev. Thanks for having me, Kev. Right on, Jeff. Um, really, I'm looking forward. I've got a lot of questions. Uh, Kelvin and I have talked quite a bit uh, here the last few weeks about the happenings going on, uh, both with you know the MJHL being on hold and and the NHL. And before we start getting warmed up to all the tough questions, I do have a few softballs lined up. Don't worry, Jeff. Um, <laughs> let's discuss what happened around the NHL the last week. I mean. Uh, Jeepers, there's no shortage of action. Uh, one interesting thing for me, as you can see, I'm wearing my trusty Devils hat again this week. Devils games are canceled um, through the weekend. And reading some Elliot Friedman today, I see that, you know, it's an unprecedented thing. The Buffalo Sabres are now forced onto the COVID list after playing the Devils. And they're a little bit upset about it. Can you guys kind of maybe, uh, what do you think about all that? Well, I mean, I sure wouldn't be happy Um if you played a team and you discovered after the fact that some of the players tested positive, but at the same point, there's no playbook for any of this. So I'm sure, I'm sure none of it was negligence or anything like that, but uh, I don't know. I'm not there. So that's uh, it's, it's no fun. That's for sure. None of this is fun. No. What do you think, Jeff? Like it's super unprecedented, but as you know, a guy that manages a team, how, how would that play on your the, on the organizational side? Like, how do you mitigate some of those things? Well, I guess it'd be very frustrating for the for your for your team. You know, your players and stuff that are trying trying to do all the right things, follow all the protocols, and then you know it just goes to prove here that sometimes it's just all the protocols in place and things just happen. And uh, we're finding that out that more and more is that stuff's just happening in the league, and they're dealing with it in a in a real good manner and be safe for everybody. Do you think this presents any real risk to the season moving along now as you obviously Dallas started off on hold for a few games and came out of the pipe real hot. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Florida has been um, uh, postponed a few games. Now the devils, now the Sabres. Uh, do you think there's any risk that, uh, you know, if it gets too far, far gone, like let's say because the devils did play the Sabres and now both teams are exhibiting cases. What, what does that do for the season, you think? Jeff, you go ahead. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think that they're um, they're going to have to extend the season. I think they've already seen that, that they're they're not going to meet their deadlines and dates that they think. And I don't think that was just a target to hit those dates and stuff. So, mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, there's there's lots of time to keep playing. So I think the, the league, uh, the NHL itself will keep, you know, moving forward and uh, – you know, these are just little bumps in the road they're going to have, and I think they're dealing with it the right way. And, uh, you know, they'll just keep going, extend the season, extend the games. Um, there's probably going to be some lengthy times where teams might sit a little longer than, than normal. 
uh, towards the end of the season that might affect the playoffs and stuff like that. That I could see happening, but uh, you know, I think it's just like you say, it's a, this is a new era of uh, NHL hockey and they're, they're doing their best they can. Kev, the Devils probably don't have to worry about the playoffs anyway, bud. So don't worry about it. <laughs> don't don't fret. I was gonna let you redeem yourself after your Habs <laughs> comment last week, and now here we are, uh, just throwing. I can't help myself. <laughs> okay, but wow. I did I did want to clear up the Habs thing because I've had this has been a great way to discover that people are listening to the podcast because <laughs> you because several different people from different places have said to me, like, what's your deal with your boss? Like, do you and Jeff don't get along? I mean, he loves the Habs and you hate the Habs. And I said, someone said this to me, and I'm like, well, hate's a really strong word. I, I, th- I thought I was saying, like, wasn't I saying last week, Kev, that I that I love the Habs and I love how they were built? Uh, yeah, maybe that's how I heard it. How did you hear it, Jeff? Well, there's stuff <laughs> about hate and okay. I don't even know a word of cancer was involved. <laughs> <laughs> They came all in the same sentence, so it's kind of like that, I guess. But okay, okay. Well, so two, two things. Okay, I'll, let <laughs> okay, me clear go. this up. Number one, yeah. I literally have the 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 Habs and Canucks game on right now because I think so highly of their organization and anybody who would call themselves a Quebecois, I really have just like overwhelming respect. Okay. <laughs> now there, now not everyone feels the same way as I do. So super quick story. A really good friend of mine back in Vancouver, um, her husband passed away. So it would have been the year before I left. So two years ago. Um, and he had, uh, and he had cancer. And after he, after he was gone, my friend Tanya would always say, you know what? Hate is a really strong word. And in this house, we reserve it for cancer and the Montreal Canadians. So <laughs> yeah. So in classic Calvin fashion, I, I turn everything to into a joke and, make light of every anything, even something as horrible as cancer. And she, she said it all the time and it was part of her coping and it was just a, 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 you know, a horrible time. She's got four, four boys and I've coached three of them in hockey and was there kind of for the whole thing. So I, uh, I certainly was, uh, yeah, it was tongue in cheek. Um, I'll still reserve the H word for the C word, uh, but not for the Habs anymore. Just the, just the Calgary flames. Okay. Lesson, lesson learned, but it kind of, it's one of those things being a Canadian, it's no different than leaf leaf stuff. Like there's a lot of leaf rhetoric out there too, because both, <laughs> both fan bases are extremely, <laughs> whatever the word you want to use, it's, it, you know, both fan bases are extremely, uh, uh, what, what word would you use? Invested? Yeah, invested. I don't want to go well, there. Let's talk about the Habs a little bit. Very passionate. They're very passionate. There you go. So let's talk about the Habs for a minute, Jeff. Like moving into the season, the the word, uh, the words, uh, you know, um, lots of people were very positive on what Mark Bergevin had done for this team. They come out into the season and they're performing like they they've got size, skill, they have goaltending. Are you must be happy with what you've seen so far this year? Yeah, they've really changed the makeup of their their organization in a short time. I think. Bergevin's done a heck of a job doing that. And one thing I noticed for sure was, you know, the really big defensemen on the back end to complement their fast, skilled uh, players up front. And, you know, and and their defense joined the rush. And I know Calvin's talked about that, but their defensemen are, are, are like an extra forward when they're coming in the zone and stuff. And it's pretty exciting to watch. Um, obviously, some of his pieces, he came in for trades and, um, 
like an Anderson are, are really paying off up the middle. And then you've got guys like, uh, you know, Suzuki, who's just been unreal. Nobody would have predicted something like that. So yeah, they're fun to watch right now. And uh, you know, like I always say every year, I think it's the, it's the year. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, well, they're built, they're built as a playoff team from everything I see. They, they've got a real balanced attack. They've got, like I said, they've got that great speed. They're getting uh, contributions from everybody, it seems, up and down the line. I mean, it's it's pretty pretty cool to see, actually. Yeah, you Even bet. That kind of burns to say it, but whatever. <laughs> um, and then I guess let's uh, let's talk about your Oilers then too, Kelvin. Like uh, uh, I read a, a report the other day where someone had said, you know, as long as uh, I think it was uh, uh, Ryan Whitney that said. You know, as long as Dreisaitl and McDavid are scoring multiple point games, you're going to win a lot. But they actually lost two last week uh, where McDavid and Dreisaitl were both uh, multi-point scorers in the lineup. Ryan Whitney just says that because when he played for the Oilers, the leading scorer was Dustin Penner with 45 <laughs> points. So I, I'm sure he I'm sure he probably thinks he'd still be in the league if uh, if he could pass the puck to Dreisaitl and McDavid. Nothing against Dustin Penner, nothing against Ryan Whitney, but... Um, <laughs> You know, as a coach, it's I, I. You say my Oilers, like it was something that I chose. It was I was born into you were this. Born into it, yeah, that's yeah, right. It's not, yeah, it's not. Some it's not. It's not a choice. Just like Jeff and the and the Habs. Um, but as a coach, you watch and it's like, well, there's not a ton that I can take away from this and use with our players. You know, except for their their power play. Actually, Glenn Gullitson's their their assistant coach and runs a power play there and did a, uh, a presentation about their power play. I think in uh, time has lost all meaning for me, but I think it was last spring. So there's a lot of stuff you can actually pick up on their power play, even though, you know, there's a couple world-class superstars, but I get more out of watching the Habs from a coaching uh, perspective, but uh, maybe it's not healthy to be watching three hockey games a night and trying to shove it all into your brain anyways. Well, I, I can't get enough. Just eject it straight in my heart. Like it's, it's so cool, but I mean, you look at some of the other things like right now, um, the Canucks have obviously been in a bad run, not helping running into a, a very well-performing Montreal team. And then on the hand, you know, uh, everybody has a bit of a reprieve. It seems when Ottawa comes into town, like, um, Jeff, what are your thoughts on, on how Ottawa is having to stack up against all these teams now? Well, you know, they are, I think they're, they're for sure in a rebuilding stage and, you know, they're going to have, they got lots of young players and uh, they're going to have a tough time. I mean, you look at this division and I mean, it's, it's stacked. There's a lot of superstars in this division and they're, uh, they're going to, you know, plug away and I think they're going to get better throughout the year, but uh, yeah, they're, they've going to have some struggles, uh, especially in this division this year. It's, it's going to be a tough one, especially in the highest high scoring division, right? Right now they're saying their goaltending is, uh, you know, back uh, in, in such numbers that you haven't seen in decades uh, as far as uh, goals against and, and whatnot. So it's I feel terrible being a, a goalie apologist, uh, to steal a word from Kelvin as a coach <laughs> apologist. Um, it's awfully tough to watch these guys have to go through that. I mean, you know, you uh, I guess you take your lumps and you look down the road and, and you hope things get better. But uh, at least for us, especially, um, you know, the three of us watching a lot of hockey, it's provided a lot of good evenings of entertainment so far. For that, I'm thankful. So, And now tonight, Line is getting his first crack with the, uh, with the Columbus Blue Jackets. So it'll be interesting to see how his tenure with Torts goes. <laughs> Can't wait. 
Yeah. Uh, so, so with all that being said, maybe with uh, we'll we'll discuss a little bit about the rebuilding stuff as we move into the the next segment here. Um, so with the back check, uh, we take a look back at the previous week and uh, something maybe we can discuss along with the Winkler Flyers, and that's brought to you by Sun Valley Tire. So we'll discuss a bit about that, Jeff. Um, uh, you know, uh, you guys, uh, Kelvin and yourself, were were new additions to the Winkler Flyer organization last year. Um, you know, and you kind of took over everything with the organization. What were some of your goals coming into the Winkler Flyers? And do you think you've moved towards accomplishing some of them? Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. You know, I've had some time to reflect as we've had a lot of time to sit around home and uh, think about the seasons or season that was or wasn't. And uh, so, yeah, I, you know, originally when I first started, I wanted to make sure we just brought a little more uh, structure to the to Winkler Flyers organization some of my goals were to start out was to, to make sure I hired a, a different style coach. And I say that in a good way, Kelvin, um, <laughs> you know, uh, there's a lot of times you, you, you gotta look for something a little new. And I think it was nice to, to get a guy from outside of the province that has different views on hockey. And uh, it, it all uh, started there for me. Um, that was a goal, you know, and it obviously uh, has really worked out well. Um, hiring a good assistant GM and Mike McCauley uh, as my head scout. Um, I know we don't hear much about him, but, you know, he works hard behind the scenes uh, doing a lot of scouting on players and, and different things. So having a, a solid scouting team was another goal of mine. Uh, I know we, we've accomplished that and more with Mike. Um, you know, we, we, uh, you ask anything, if I forget a guy's name or how many goals he had, I text him and five seconds later he's already – doesn't even have to look on Google. He's got it. He knows exactly what's going on. So been a nice tool for the Flyers to have. Um, you know, a little bit, uh, some of our plans were to get better at our drafting, um, you know, do, going through our draft and to get a little bit more on target. You know, sometimes the Flyers in the past were maybe one for six that have ever put on a Flyers uniform and, you know, in the last how many, how many years. So it, it's not easy, um, but, you know, We've come around, uh, you know, the first years we scouted, you're going to see now coming as 17-year-olds, we've probably got four to five players that will play in the MJ League, whether they play for the Flyers, but their caliber is is uh, they'll be able to play in the MJHL next year. So, you know, I think we've done a, a good job on that. Um, you know, doing things like revamping the 50-man list, people might think, what the hell is a 50-man list? Well, you know what, it's a list of players that we protect and that we use either for trades or, or different things, but we have to manage it. Um, and once they're on your list, they're, they're yours uh, per se, and you have to manage that. And there's different, you know, a C list, uh, you know, there's a draft list. There's all types of lists within your 50 man. And I don't want to get in and bore you guys too much with this, but um, you know, those things were important to learn important goals for me to try to maintain them well. Um you know, and then the other obviously was to turn the Flyers around was a big one when I started was, you know, the Flyers don't miss the playoffs very often. And uh, that that was one goal that, you know, I talked to Calvin about in our whole group and said, hey, listen, guys, like this is this is serious business in the Pemini Valley region when, you know, the Flyers are not didn't make the playoffs. And I think that's our goal. Let's make playoffs. And it was funny because as we were going through the season, our first season together, you know, it came, let's make playoffs. And then it was like, well, hell, you know what? Let's, let's get in the top four. Well, we can do it. And then we started changing our mindset again and let's go for first place guys. Then, you know, we started obviously just 
you know, ended up third overall, which was, you know, from coming from the playoffs, uh, out of the playoffs to third place was, was something that I had never really envisioned, to be honest, but it happened so quickly and, and just with everybody so enthusiastic and excited about the Flyers again, it was, it was fun to, to be a part of that season. And obviously it came up short uh, in the playoffs because of the pandemic and stuff. But, uh, you know, our goal was, hey, we were thinking championship at that point. And, you know, I think every year we do, but some years you got to be more realistic than others. Um, you know, and a lot of it too, some of the goals that, you know, behind the scenes for me were to, you know, bring back some of those uh, loyal fans that maybe were kind of lost in the shuffle and stuff in Winkler. Um, that was important to try to get them out. And I think, you know, reviving some of our sponsorships and, and stuff like that to get some excitement back in the, in the organization. And, you know, I think we've all uh, had a part in that and uh, it's exciting times, uh, you know, that lie ahead. And unfortunately, you know, this year for me, you know, starting a season again with all this excitement and then getting slammed again was, uh, you know, as we all know, it took a, takes a toll on us and, uh, but we're hoping for the best year and, trying to regroup. So well, it's it's yeah. got to be tough, you know, coming in like that. And, and Winkler has been such a, um, you know, like you mentioned, uh, it's a fixture in the Pemina Valley. And you're coming in uh, as an outs- uh, somewhat of an outsider to a certain degree. You've obviously, you're, you're a professional uh, businessman and, and you're obviously very prepared and meticulous with how you how you go about things. And, and Kelvin's very similar watching his approach. You know, there's uh, certainly a very high level of preparedness and you come in, you make an immediate adjustment because obviously things spun on their, on its, on its head. And this team um, we were talking about last week, guys like Tukane and some of these other fellas, they, they come into the lineup. Kelvin didn't necessarily see it coming and boom, all of a sudden they're making these huge impressions right off the bat. Um, and, and like you had said, that's credit to people like, uh, like Mike, um, how do you guys, like, uh, how do you find, or how do you go about some of this, uh, information gathering between the two of you? Is it just unlimited hours, uh, searching or is it your contacts that you've cultivated? How do you go about, uh, getting those types of contacts? Well, I think Mike's put on a, a lot of miles on the phone, as I'd say. And, you know, just when you start, like you really got to kind of dive into it and then you start trying to make connections and stuff in different, uh, you know, provinces and, 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 you know, looking at players and getting some, you know, feedback from their coaches and stuff like their uh, midget coaches and, and even their bantam coaches, you try to get some feedback and, and that's the, the key is just the communication. I think between Kelvin, myself and Mike and, you know, the coaching staff and stuff is that, you know, we're pretty open and, you know, what I like the most when I say, you know, Calvin's a different coach and Mike's different sort of is because they're guys that are not just going to agree with me all the time. That's mm. not the kind of guys that I want, you know, working with me is I want guys to challenge me. I want guys to, so that when we make a decision, we've, we've thought of all the different sides of that decision. And, and then we are all comfortable with it when we make it. And, and we make a lot of these decisions. Yeah. I'm the guy who makes the final call. And they'll respect me either way. But at the end of the day, it, it feels like a team effort once we've uh, come to an agreement on any kind of decisions. So, Well, it's certainly good to have a devil's advocate in the room, uh, pun intended. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's really cool to hear because to me, it's just so interesting, you know, like, because that's, we're dealing with, uh, you know, interprovincial, inter 
you know, you're talking to, you're bringing up kids from the States and you're finding some real good ones here. Like there's been a lot of guys uh, that you guys have brought in that have made an, an obvious um, mark on the team. And, and the Winkler Flyers have, have been on an upward trajectory here. Obviously, like you said, we didn't get to finish the playoffs last year. And hopefully this year we get to see some of those moves come to fruition. And I guess in that same line of questioning, uh, what are some of the moves you're, you're most proud of? Like, what are some of the things that have the Jeff uh, Jeanson stamp of, of you know, this uh, you know, I was here type of thing? Well, one that really stands out, and there's a few of them here that I thought about, and uh, one that really stands out, and I call it the infamous Brody Moffat trade with uh, for Garrett Zermerly. Um, that was a real, that was my first trade as a general manager, as what they call a hockey trade. And, I mean, uh, kid was, uh, Brody's a great hockey player, Played here, I think it was his fourth year. He was here. He was our captain, um, you know. And the season was sort of started on, and you know, we were kind of—I don't know if we were slipping around, but we just seemed to be lacking a little identity on the back end. And uh, you know, I, I knew there was a there was a kid, this Garrett Zermley, who played a bit of hockey in the summer with my son. They were training, and you know, and he was going down to the NA, and you know, kind of just it was always in the back of my mind that this kid was out there and he's a really good defenseman. And uh, so as the season went on, you know, we had this opportunity to make this move and I tell you, it was cost me a couple of nights sleep. That's for sure. And, you know, but I think back and I, you know, I'm glad I made the trade. I think it was the, it was the right thing for the team and I'll stand by that. And I think our coaching staff and everything will agree. It had nothing to do with, you know, whether it was Brody Moffitt or it's just, that's what had to get the deal done. And so, you know, obviously Brody should, uh, you know, that's a compliment to him as well, um, being that, you know, Wei Wei wanted him just as much as we wanted to get Garrett over here. And, you know, it didn't, didn't hurt. He was a local kid too. You know, I like to see if we can, you know, get a lot of our local kids uh, on the Winkler Flyers. So uh, that was, uh, that's a real one that sticks out to me. That um, was uh, important to the Flyers. Another trade was, uh, you know, you guys talked about the Tukini trade. Well, you know, that was... That was something else. I was, uh, you know, Calvin telling me, you know, I got enough players, you know, you keep bringing them in. He's, you know, he's trying to get assessment and back and forth. And then I get a call from uh, our president at the time was Paul McDonald and he's a Kenora boy originally. And uh, he's been a flyers and obviously on the board for a long time. And he says to me, hey, Jeff he says, I got a call from a guy I played with in Kenora. And he says, that was this kid Tukini. He wants to, you know, he's not getting a shot in Dauphin. You know, I look, so I Google him. I look, he's got like two points, three points or something in and out of the lineup. I'm thinking, oh boy, you know, like, okay, Paul, I'll see what I can do. And then the next day I get a call from Tukes' Triple uh, A coach calling me and talking the character that he had and, and everything else. And so again, then I, I just approached, uh, you know, Dauphin there, Headley, and said, hey, listen, I want this kid. And, uh, we ended up making a trade for, I think it was a Thiessen and uh, no Thiessen and I can't even remember who the two kids were. One was a Western league guy, a popple or something that was probably never going to play here. And uh, we got, uh, you know, Ian here and uh, it's been, you know, he's been a heck of a character ki- uh, player for us. Um, and the fact is, is I remember talking to him and saying, you know, I brought him in the office and Calvin will remember this as we, I said to me, Hey, I said, Hey, Tukes, I said, you got, an opportunity here. You had more than one person stand up for you here and believe in you. And I says, the Winkle Flyers believe in you now. So it's time to show us what you got. And 
I mean, like I said, I wasn't there for the home game and whatever. He scored some goal and whatever the guys are calling me and going, holy shit, Jeff, like, <laughs> where'd you get this guy? And, you Jordan. know, this fast. <laughs> Had a backhand and whatever he scored, and guys were fired up about it and stuff. So yeah, that was a good trade. But you know, sometimes you gotta, you know, take a chance. And and sometimes that's all kids need is that opportunity. And if they grab it and then they just run with it, and you know, others get there and, and it'll be a disappointment. But uh, you know, Tukes grabbed hold of it and grabbed hold of his opportunity. And uh, like I said, I, I really, really grown to uh, know him personally. And uh, kid is very, very well spoken off the ice and you know he cares about the flyers and stuff so that was a good one um that stuck with me as well and then if i had to have a third here or a hat trick on this you know it would be uh getting uh colton schindel to uh back to winkler which i thought was uh you know it was exciting for me in a, in a lot of ways because i know his dad personally but i also know that his uh his uncle graham played you know, two years uh, for the Flyers back in the uh, kind of rugged years where you got 100 points plus you had like 220 pims or something like that. So, you know, <laughs> um, no, we, we worked hard on it. I think I worked over two months to make this trade happen to get him from home. Oh, so there was quite a bit of uh, back and forth going on there then. Yeah, it was, it was uh, you know, they didn't want to move him, they didn't want to move him, and then I would softly go in there and, you know, so – Ended it up, we had to put a few other players in the deals and stuff, but it, uh, at the end of the day, it was worth it. I think he's uh, he's one of those type of players that uh, you don't see anymore. He's got a different style to him. Um, you know, he's a hard-nosed player. He can score. He's got lots of skills on the ice. And, uh, you know, we didn't get to see much of him at the start of the year, but I think there's a lot more to come for Colton Schindel and the Flyers. So. He literally just, I just got a text popped up from him. So, you know what I'm just thinking as you, as you're rattling these off, you know, <laughs> Kevin, no, 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 no. Kevin and I talked last week about line a for Dubois for like 20 minutes. So one trade has happened in the NHL and Jeff, you just talked yeah for five or six minutes about some of your, you know, some, some of the trades, but you didn't even mention Nathan Pullman, who is our MVP last year. Um, one of the best defensemen in the league, Jaden Townsend, right? Who is, uh, who's, you know, he's like, he's like a grandpa to everybody and he's just universally respected and became our captain. Um, (laughs) Justin Svensson, who went on a big run with us last year and, um, you know, really kind of pushed us over the top. Like, man, I, and I'm, I'm probably forgetting a couple Tanner Andrew, Tanner Andrew who's committed to RIT and had to pay a big price, um, to get him as well. But uh, Grady Lane is a, you know, Western League guy and he gets to go, he's from Verdon anyway. So, but anyway, I'm just saying it's, man, people, people got to pay attention to the the Flyers and the MJ because if you're a fan, it's it's pretty exciting. Well, the one thing I, I'd say with the Nathan Pullman trade, I you know, it's too bad I forgot about that, but the, the history goes back to where I, where I played the hockey in, in college in Crookston. Uh, we have a scout uh, that's he used to be my head coach, and he's now our scout, uh, Scott Oliver, and he's uh, from the Crookston area. He actually is the assistant coach for East Grand Forks program, and so he he called me up, and you know he said if I said to him if you always find somebody, you know that's my kind of guy, my kind of player, I said you know you gotta give us a call. So that's the one day Scott Oliver called me. He says you know he says Jeff, I found you a guy, and that's the way he talks. I found you a guy. And trust <laughs> me, you want this guy. 
And I'm like, okay, well, now he's with the wilderness. We had to make a little bit of, you know, some calls there and stuff. And then I finally, I called all the way back. I said, listen, are you sure? He says, trust me, trust me. He's the guy you want. And, uh, you know, that's sometimes just knowing some people that no other, and, you know, you trust, I trusted him as a coach. I trust him as, you know, what he says and what he does and I value his scouting uh, ability. And, you know, we brought Nathan Pullman, which, yeah, you know, you, we forget, but yeah, he was the MVP. I mean, of our, our team and, uh, yeah. Well, he was, he was certainly dynamic, but I mean, even guys like you brought in Kyle crew this year, uh, Caden Tenkoppel uh, was a new addition. Uh, that was last year, right? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, deadline, yep. and Gallagher, you know, like there's, there's just been a lot of these uh, additions to the team. I'm sure I'm forgetting some too, but one thing I'm interested to know, like, um, I knew Garrett Zeremli, uh before he, um, like being a, a kid that played for the Pemina Valley Hawks in the area, um, moved down from, from Thompson. He had some relatives here, uh, also a Devils fan, incidentally. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just, believe it or not, he is. He probably kept that under the radar for you guys, but I, <laughs> I, I know he wears it loud and proud. Um, but a total character guy and a guy that everybody loves in the room, is. does that become an added bonus or do you hear... Uh, you know, reports on, on the character of an individual before he joins your organization too. Is that part and parcel to the skill and anything else? Oh, it's, it's the, it's, it's number one. Like it, it's, it's, it's honestly the first thing, you know, we've had, we, we've, we've kept players around that, you know, maybe lack some skill or maybe, you know, aren't destined to move up the lineup, but they, and I've said this joke before too, whenever someone says, Oh, this guy's really good in the room. Maybe you should just leave him there when you go out for the game. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, there, there's, there's a lot to that. Like it's playing hockey, you know, when, when you're doing it every single day at the junior level and the professional level, it's not just about what you do when the puck drops on Friday night in the first period. Like it's mm-hmm. your, I don't like to call it a career for teenagers who aren't getting paid. Like it's a career, but it's, it's your job to come to the rink every single day and push your teammates and make yourself better and make everyone around you better. And there is, there is maybe nobody I've ever met who has wanted his teammates to be better than Garrett Zeremli. And after, I think we had had him for a month and he, and he like, he always, he talks so much. Like he just, he doesn't shut up. And, but he, but you would never be mad at him. Like he, he would interrupt me in video sessions and say something, but he was like, he was like another coach. He was, he was wise and he was just, he added so much to the group and he, you know, he connected, he wasn't the captain or an assistant captain or, or anything like that, but he was the heart and soul of the team. And Jane Townsend and Griffin Leonard and Everett Besslan would all agree. So, you know, he, he made everybody bigger. He would rip into guys. I remember him giving it to Jaden McCarthy, like you guys wouldn't believe on the bench one night. And McCarthy, I was like, yeah, no, he's right. So, you know, he, he wanted to be that guy so badly that when he was a 16 and 17 year old, he looked and he, and he gave me a name one time, but I forget who it was, but there was someone he looked up to as a 20 year old. And that's just, that that's all he wanted. And it took him actually a while to realize you are like, he was that, was that guy, mm-hmm. which it's funny saying this about a 20 year old, but imagine, you know, so he's playing, uh, he's playing down in, in the States right now at Salve Regina. And I, I would, I, I would think, 
you know, he can go pro if he wants to afterwards, if he wants to go see the world a little bit. Um, he's got the skill, but more importantly, he's got the the mentality to be able to handle it and, and to be able to do it and, and to be that, you know, ultimate teammate. And, you know, don't get me wrong. One time he broke the window and the door uh, in the playoffs and I wasn't too happy about that, but um, it's always, it's easier to rein people in than it is to try to uh, taser them. So, and, uh, and Zoran was definitely one of those guys. Well, it's uh I know from from my standpoint, you can see those character guys because I always I, I really get a kick out of watching warmups in, in the booth before games. And he was a guy that I could see made an immediate impact, uh, even just coming into something as innocuous as a warm up before a game. I can only imagine what the game day skates or the practices during the week or the, the time on the bus or the locker room was like. Um, it's just it's just really cool. So good. Good get. You well, you know, and he's, he, he's also the guy that, well, it's funny that you bring up warm up. Did you ever, you notice the paper, rock, scissors between him and McCarthy in warm up? Yep. Yep. You know what they're pulling out of their glove for the winner? No. Nope. Gummy bears. So oh. Whoever, whoever won the paper, rock, scissors in warm up on the ice before. Got a warmed game, up gummy, bear. gummy bears that they would. That, they're in uh, the glove. Yeah. Garth would tuck into the cuff of his glove. So. Jeremy was also the guy I remember at some, at a practice heading into the playoffs where, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a huge snap case, but I get pretty fired up and, you know, especially I I can't stand when we're not passing the puck properly in practice. And uh, one time I was just, I was ready to blow my stack and lose my marbles. And I don't think it was, I can't remember. It was in the middle of our drill or something, but Garrett Jeremy grabbed the entire team and he looks at me, he's like, I got this. And again, he's not wearing a letter on his chest because he came after all these guys were named letters or but he didn't care. And he pulled all the guys into the at center ice. And Grimmer and I just kind of like, okay, let it happen. And then the rest of the practice was amazing. So oh. those are the kind of kids and the, the kind of people who you don't have to push them to lead. It's just natural for them. It just kind of happens. Yeah. Yeah. It was just it was just intrinsic. Well, that's that's the cool part, and I think that's kind of what our our aim here is to kind of peel back some of the some of the layers of the onion here, so we can get to the to the good bits. And not, I guess not not every layer, because I'm not going to tell you what he said the very last time he left the ice of of, a, of his junior hockey career. So that's uh, that's off the record. But oh, uh, that's I funny. I have, I have video of that. Um, nope. So uh, obviously, Jeff, you've come in, you, you've made a difference. And then how, like, how does that work with, because you work for a, for a board and a Winkler executive, a Winkler Flyer executive. Do you get, uh, you know, or do you pretty much have a lot of autonomy or is there some directive that you're given or is it like, go make the Winkler Flyers the best uh, team they can be? Right. I, I think, you know, with uh, working for the board, I mean, they've, they've, they've made a lot of changes here lately and, you know, where we went from a shareholder group and now we're a non-for-profit organization and they've got some new board members and stuff. But, you know, a lot of it on the business side, they have a lot of, uh, say, obviously working with our budgets and, and different things for the team going forward. As far as the the player personnel and, and how we do things and what thing is, that's they've left that to, to me to manage and, and to do what my vision is and, and then they're supportive of that. Um, you know, obviously, you know, there's always, you hear, you know, we want local players and, you know, I, I'm a big believer in that. If the, if a local player is, is, is good enough to play in the MJHL, I want them. And when I mean local, I'm talking, you know, Pemina Valley, that's what I considered local for the Flyers is a Pemina Valley player. And I think this year we've got what, eight Kelvin on our team. Yeah. I I, eight or the nine. highest they've had in that last, probably 
I don't know, seven, eight years, maybe 10 years even. And, uh, and we have some really good players. And I think part of that too is, you know, sometimes you don't always get those good players in your draft, depending where you sit. Uh, but, you know, we've, our scouts and us, when we're doing trades, we're always trying to be mindful of, of um, you know, keeping some of those players and trying to go after them or make trades for them. And sometimes we, we have to trade some of our good Pemina Valley guys out uh, depending and to, to get uh, better ones in or, or stuff like that. So, you know, they, they've always given me directions. They want entertaining hockey. They want us to always be competing, provide uh, these young men a good, um, you know, opportunity to learn, you know, whether it's on the ice, off the ice, whether it's, you know, going to schools, you know, reading to kids and, and different things. So I think it's, you know, junior hockey team provides a lot more than just the hockey on the ice, uh, for these guys, there's the being away from home. Some of these kids, the first time they've been away from home, you know, how are they dealing with their billet parents? How are they meshing with their, their friends on the team? And, you know, just all that stuff, you know, is a lot for sometimes an 18 year old or even a 17 year old coming there. And some of these kids have been at home with mom and dad for their whole life. And then they have to live with somebody new. And so, you know, there's lots of life skills, you know, um, that, that happen. Um, I think one thing that sticks out, I, I remember uh, um, Sambrook, uh, his dad coming up to me and saying, you know, you guys have made a man out of my, my boy this year, you know, and cause he came back, he'd spent the year with us and he came back to the farm with his dad and stuff. And they were talking and, you know, that's, it was a nice compliment to get to say that, you know, we, we've made a man out of his boy and, meaning he came back and he seemed a lot different than when he left, meaning he's learned how to handle himself and learn how to be by himself. And uh, it just, they noticed a big difference in the, in the Sammy. So that's uh, just something there that, you know, you, you don't think about when you're going through the whole process, but uh, it's there and, and it's an important thing to think about when you're bringing kids in. Well, and we talk about that all the time because, you know, uh, we talk a lot about the NHL, obviously, because uh, we watch a lot of it now, especially with the MJ being on hold. Um, but there's so much more to uh, the sport than just showing up on game day and strictly being a hockey player. Like you touched on it earlier, like some of these guys go and read with kids or they help out with the minor hockey uh, organizations in the area where they'll go on the ice. And I know how much the kids love it. I know, um, you know, some of the connections I've had with some of the guys, seeing them out on the ODRs, uh, they, they have a great impact on it. And I think that's something that um, is, is part of the, the, the thing that's really being embraced now uh, and maybe even coming out of COVID uh, it'll give people something to kind of um, you know, use as a beacon for the area because, and I'm not trying to oversell it here, but it's a really cool opportunity, especially when you guys are saying you're doing whatever you can to showcase local talent down the road, uh, either from the Pemina Valley Hawks or, or wherever he reaches. It's just, there's so many more, levels to it than just showing up playing on a Friday or Saturday night you know there's a week long of uh, events going on in Winkler and it's it's nice to hear how, how involved you guys get the players in that so that's that's really cool um, so um, maybe we'll move along to the uh, to the forecheck here where we talk about you know maybe dig a little deeper into specific situations with the Flyers uh, it's sponsored by Sunny Day Products so we'll uh, pick your brain a little more Jeff are you still okay with this? Yeah you bet enjoy okay. um, so uh, I know we kind of touched on, you know, how uh, some of the things that go into filling needs and, and finding talent, if I might pivot from that a little bit. So being a guy that you're, you live in Carmen, um, 
and you know you're familiar with the Pemina Valley. Are there certain things you're seeing? Like, do you see a continuation of that skill being provided to you uh, for use in the in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League? Let's focus a little bit on the hockey talent in the area. Do you see that as something that uh, we're doing well in this area? Yeah, I think you know it's it's uh, it's always about skill development and the minor hockey programs and. You know, it's it's a lot of dads and and moms that are out there helping out, managing teams and coaching these kids at a young age. But I think uh, you know the Manitoba's done a good job now of having a, a Manitoba AAA sort of division, uh, where you know all the better teams in the region almost like a mimics the midget AAA, and, mm-hmm. and that's that's really developing. I think the players a little bit uh, to play against kids at their own level and stuff and. Uh, you know, you can really see they, they push and they get really good coaches are getting better and better at those levels and, and stuff. So, you know, our scouts, like I said, Mike does a lot of road trips and he, he'll call me and say, hey, you got to come and see this kid or, or you know, and, you know, we've got uh, Garth Schindel is right in Morden, right? And uh, he watches, uh, you know, he, he makes sure he's at every Pemina Valley game as best he can. And we get a lot of the AAA and we get to watch a lot of the local kids there on a, on a, you know, on a weekly basis. So we get a lot of updates from our scouting staff uh, on different pay- players. Um, we've got a guy that does the Thunder Bay area, you know, which is, you know, you think, how the heck do you get connected out there? But we've got, you know, a good uh, pipeline of guys. And we've, uh, I think we've got four now that have been from the Ontario region on our, our squad. And so, you know, in general, the, the, the talent level is there. These kids are getting like compared to when I was 12, like, you know, I couldn't even toe drag around a pylon. I didn't know what a toe drag was. And, you know, the guys would tell me, just take it wide, Gina. Just take it wide. <laughs> just dump it in and get off, okay? Take, just, <laughs> take it wide and dump it in, you know, and, and go get it. You know, so these guys are toe dragging. The skill level you see, you know, at even the junior level, some of the stuff they're doing out there, it just amazes me. And I'm a fan. Like, it's, it's fun to watch. And so I think, you know, all uh, – all teams are doing their best and kids are developing and, and going through uh, lots of, uh, you know, coaching clinics and, you know, different hockey schools. And it, it's great to see. I mean, the, the level is just keeps climbing and uh, it's fun to be a part of. Well, it certainly is the environment now, like with the, the, the availability and the access to high level coaching uh, you know, you have your, um, your specific schools, you have your, the rink Academy, you have uh, seminars and, and camps that kids can go at. It's, it's crazy how much you can focus on skill. So then I guess tying into a little bit of some of what we talked about before, how do you, how do you track, how do you tabulate and, and monitor the amount that you, cause you must have a pile of data, like from all the stuff you get from your, the eyes, you know, you have a man everywhere. Uh, how do you, how do you track and, 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 you know, make that something that you can uh, have as a usable resource and then apply it to the team when you're preparing for a season? Well, a lot of times, like, especially getting ready for the draft or when you're going into those things, you get a lot of data and they'll, the scouts will sit around and, and, you know, and I know Calvin's been a part of that where they'll kind of, you know, have three or four different guys have an opinion on a player and you kind of write down some notes. And so they'll do a lot of that on their own. uh, And then they'll get me, um, you know, this information and then we'll have another meeting and we'll sit down and we'll kind of go over things. But, you know, throughout the year, you're always kind of watching and, you know, something jumps out at you or, and, you know, depending on what we're looking for, you know, sometimes we're not always looking for the, that highly skilled 
player. We might be looking for, you know, a guy with a little bit brings a little different edge to the game or is, is the type of guy who we could see being a penalty killer down the road, you know, and I know it sounds crazy, but you, you can't have everybody, you know, be the same player on your team. You know, you just rolls, right? Kelvin. You know and responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah. So it's important. And, you know, so that's a big thing that goes into a lot of the, what's the scouting goes on, but we have also, there's a, a tool that rink that it's called and the guys can go on there and, and put information. If they go to a game and they scout that game, they can send that information and I can get access to it at any time. So, you know, there's the thing, the game's evolving. I think, you know, we're, we're all still, you know, technology is, is about communication and, you know, now with these zoom meetings, I mean, we've had more and more of these that I never thought we'd ever have. And, you know, it's great to talk hockey, talk players, talk strategies, and, you know, use your, your staff uh, to make decisions is uh, how I, you know, go about things. So when you, you've made a decision, how hard is it to be patient and maybe let something develop or someone grow? Or when do you know it's maybe time to uh, walk away from that decision and make a different one. Like, how do you how do you make adjustments after you've kind of been on a bit of a thread for a while and you see things maybe unfolding? Obviously, aside from let's take away injuries or maybe some other situational uh, details, how do you um, maybe say, okay, it's time to do something, or man, maybe maybe you need to wait a bit a little bit longer. Is there a little bit of conflict there for you? Well, you know, I think that's when you lean on your coaching staff a lot. They're they're in the locker room with these kids. They're they're there day to day with these guys, and they get a little more feel of what's happening. Um, you know, but I'll be honest, it's hard to be patient. I mean, you know, sitting back upstairs, you know, not being on the day to day, and just come in and watch. And you know, I think you have these these meetings with your your scouts and your coaching staff, and you know, a lot of time they'll advocate for their players and say, hey you know what, Gina, we got to give this guy a little more time here, you know, need a little more time on him. And I'm going, Hey, I want to start winning hockey games, you know? And so, you know, <laughs> that's the impatient me kind of going in there, but I agree. We do need to try to give them every opportunity to try and flourish. And sometimes it doesn't happen in two games or three games. So, you know, I think it's funny because on all the times that we've made different moves, I think we've all like all of us knew, okay, it's time. There was no real set, you know, okay, this is, we, we got to look at this date or set a time. If he doesn't do this by this time, we're going to, I just think we, you know, all got together and, and it's kind of like one call and say, Hey guys, I think it's time. And they're all like, yep, yep. You know, so there's nothing, I don't know, Calvin, maybe you can add to well, that. Well, I just, I mean, from, from my perspective, usually it's the player who will sort it out on their own. You know, if, if someone's not ready to play, um, I, I would always, I would always err on the side of being overprepared, you know, be overprepared for wherever you're going next. Um, you talk about young players that are coming up and they want to crack the lineup at 16 and, you know, maybe some of them could, right. And they've got the requisite skill and they're fast enough and they shoot hard enough, but are they really going to develop and are they going to flourish? I like the, I like your use of the word flourish better playing junior hockey at 16 or 17 or going back to triple a and, and it's hard and different, you know, coaches and different scouts and general managers might have different, uh, you know, different uh, point of view on it or different perspective. You know, that's where, yeah, like you said, it, it comes back to communication and, 
you know, there's been some situations where there's people who we feel are ready to play, um, but they just might not necessarily fit our team. And then we've moved them on elsewhere, you know, where they've, you know, where they played in the league, which is, which is great to see as well. You know, it's none of us would ever want to hold someone back or hold someone hostage. So if we can, if we use them, not that they're a piece of meat, but if they're playing in the league somewhere else and, but because they couldn't make our team, well, that's good for them as an individual too. So I just think a lot of it, it, it sorts itself out. Yeah. So, Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying like, you know, I, I think, you know, a lot of this rolls into, you know, when you make those decisions where you have to either release a hockey player, um, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize, they think, oh, it's just must be, you know, no big deal. Bring the kid in and, you know, set him packing and that's it. Right. And I think that's the hardest part of the job for me is you get to know some of these kids. And when you got to look them in the eye and say, Hey, you know what? You just, you know, you did your best, but we, we've got to move on here. And, you know, you have those conversations. Those are not easy. And, and the thing is, is that the good part for me is that I've, I've been cut a lot in my hockey career <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, built some I, I remember, and this is, this is something I'm going to tell you cause I'll share Cause I'm sure Calvin was alluding to this earlier in the, some of his thoughts uh, for, for this podcast, but I remember um, all I wanted to do is be a Winkler flyer, play for the flyers. So you try out your 15, 16 years old, you just go to the flyers camp. And back then it was like, you're 16, you get eaten alive out there and whatever. And you, you know, the guys that drop the, the gloves were coming off and it was like, you know, just in a scrimmage or not even a scrimmage, it would be just a practice. You're doing a couple of drills and first thing you know, guys are fighting and it was different back then. But Back I remember, in the early 2000s? Yeah, I was in the 1990s, actually. Man. <laughs> yeah, 1992, 93. Anyways, um, so I remember the time I had cracked the flyers and I would stuck around for the, you know, I was on the program, as they would say. Uh, I got my name on the program and I'm just about ready to start the season. And, uh, you know, we're giving out equipment and stuff in the locker room. And back then we always worry about how feelings and, or, you know, how you hurt somebody's feelings or how you do things. We always mindful of that. But, you know, I remember sitting there with another fellow and we just found out our names on the thing. We're going to have our first game with the flyers. We're getting our new equipment. We're getting fired up. And then we just heard that uh, a couple of guys, uh, Price Wood, I don't know if you think you know him from Morden. Oh yeah, uh, I know. Yeah. Dave, I know Price uh, and Ryan. Clippen, yeah. Dave Klippenstein. They both got cut from the Western hockey league. Oh, they're coming right back at the end of the, the season or whatever, before the season starts. So they're coming back to Winkler. So I'm going, oh boy, you know. <laughs> you can do the math. <laughs> so, then, so then we're sitting there, two guys, and they're going around the room, the trainers, and they're giving gloves out and pants, and we're all sitting there, and we're getting ready for practice. <laughs> and they're passing beside me, and they're passing over there. And hey, Justin, you hand the gloves over to this guy. And, <laughs> and uh, by the end of it, I'm sitting in the dressing room, and I got no new gear, and neither is my buddy beside me. And uh, so then I was like, Okay, well, this is not good. I'm, I'm not being negative here, but this is not good. Go out, practice. You know, just that's what you did. And uh, This was before a practice? This is before a practice. And, uh, <laughs> you, know, the, you know, then the guy, uh, the trainer will walk in and he says, uh, Jensen, you know, Dirksen wants to see it. It was, uh, you know, Pete Dirksen was a coach at that time. And, mm-hmm. you know, anyways, it was just the way things were done. And I, I always thought, man, you know, if I ever had to do this, I might do it a little different. But, um, you know, it, those are just what I'm trying to say is that I've been there before. I know how these kids feel, um, you know, and so I try to, to try to, you know, 
make sure that we're we're uh, conscious of how they're feeling at that time and stuff. But it was a uh, it was quite uh, something. So to be honest, to to be the general manager of the Flyers, it's been an honor. And uh, you know, just to, how things go full circle, you know. Yeah, I couldn't quite crack her, but now I'm back helping out. And uh, now, now you drive the bus. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of <laughs> exciting for me. But you know, I tell these guys, and you know, the funny thing is, I got cut, and basically, Pete said, "Well, I can get you to play with the St. Boniface Saints." And you know, that's how powerful Winkler was. Is like I basically said, "No, that's okay, Coach. I'll be back next year to try out. I don't want to play anywhere else." And I went back, played for my junior B program rather than go out in the junior A. So it just you wanted when you were out in this area and you, you were out here, you wanted to be a Winkler flyer. And uh, I always remember that. And, you know, it just, I went on to play some college hockey, which at a lower level and I had some of my best friends from there and stuff. So, you know, things doesn't matter what you do in life. It just, sometimes they're full circle. So um, anyways, I kind of rambled on that one, but I just, <laughs> no, I, I think it's perfect. I, 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 Calvin was talking about, but maybe I, I don't know. It was a good story. And, you know, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm proud to be a flyer here and doing the best we can for the team. Well, and I think ultimately that's uh, that's the thing that's very evident to me, literally being a fly on the wall. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I've gotten to see so many different angles of it. Uh, this, I think, is my fourth year um, doing some broadcasting in a little capacity. Uh, started off just kind of filling in and now um, doing it at this with you guys. And, and thanks for having me on board, by the way. I get to say it to the boss now, too. Um, <laughs> Uh, but like being a literal fly on the wall, it's there's this this pride uh, and it's not that it, it wasn't so before. It's just it seems to me and maybe I'm somewhat biased. It seems to me like that's really something that's taking uh, front and center now. And that's obviously the way you guys run things. That's the way uh, Kelvin uh, operates as well as the head coach. And I think that's very important. And obviously from putting people in the seats, uh, those are the ones because it's really neat to see the people that are there game in, game out. You know, it's unfortunate that COVID has limited that. Uh, but moving forward, I think there's uh, certainly a lot of positives uh, to look down the road to for the Winkler Flyers. And that's credit to the hard work you've done and that you guys bring every day. And the, the people that, like you said, communication is such a huge part of it, uh, both for you, Kelvin and Jeff. And uh, it's just really neat to see. And I think you guys, um, obviously, Jeff, you lean a little bit around the league too. You have to have, uh, are you in constant contact with coaches now, even over COVID a little bit or? Yeah, like we'll have, we've had, you know, meetings and stuff. And it's, you know, there's a lot of, you know, a text here and there, a guy sitting around eight o'clock at night. And it's funny because some of the guys, the GMs that I, you know, are head coaches as well. But after a game, they have a loss and they lost 6-1. And, you know, you get this call, they're on the bus on the way home and they're already rattling some names off, you know, uh, that they want to maybe move and stuff. And I always call it like uh, they should probably take 24 hours before they, yeah. <laughs> They get on their uh, texting after a game because, you know, motions are high. And, and that's what I like about my spot is that I kind of, you know, I'm not in the game or involved. So, you know, I can look from above and, you know, sometimes uh, I think we don't make a rash decision on a player just because of the emotions of the game and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's nice sitting out. And then sometimes I do get emotional the odd time I, I can get fired up myself and uh, really? yeah well, once in a while I don't know if uh, I think I only got mad at the guys maybe once I think I had a one little blowout speech a little bit but it was it was nothing it was about uh, the stupidity of Instagram and you know this <laughs> crap that, uh, that kind of stuff that goes on now and uh, you know I'm just, I just uh, I'm not a fan of being sharing everything in the world I think you know certain things are meant to be private and you know 
Which to, and, to know, clarify, not our guys. You're just saying just in general. Oh, in general, yes. Yeah. In general, okay. sorry. <laughs> just saying. Well, I think, uh, like, I mean, from my standpoint, obviously, as the, as the guy that's supposed to to be on the air and get excited about stuff, I have, I personally I have a lot that I think the the fans of the Winkler Flyers, myself included, and uh, the you know we always talk about Winkler, but it's the people of the Pemina Valley. The Winkler Flyers are uh, a badge of pride to a lot of people here, and you look at the the look in Dad's eyes when they get to say their kids are going to camp. Um, and being a part of that, even if you're just going to be part of the skills and and at least taking something away to the next step in your hockey career, it's it's just such a cool thing to have. And I think it's great that we have an opportunity to shine a light on that. And um, I th- thanks a lot for coming on, Jeff. This is uh, so great. I look forward to more of these with you and and uh, talking hockey down the road. Um, anything you wanted to add, Kelvin? Or are we pretty well, much I- good? No, yeah, no, I think we're good. I just, as you're kind of wrapping it up there and talking about the, you know, the kids and whatnot, we do a hockey school um, every, well, every summer I've done it the two years now that I've been here and it was, you know, way bigger in our second year. And I remember doing those hockey schools when I was a kid and you look up at the, you know, I was in Edmonton and you look at, look up at the Sure Park Crusaders was the, that was my hometown. And you know, these guys are enormous, the, the instructors who would come out. And uh, ironically, I still look up at them, but now I'm 20 years older than them, but that's uh, that's not their <laughs> fault. But I see how the little, the little you know, girls and guys in town look up to, you know, our instructors look up to someone like, like Jackson Arpin or, you know, Derek Weeb, who's from Morden here, and Reed Dick, who's from Winkler, and he's, you know, only 16, but he's six foot seven. And the kids just absolutely love it. And we... You know, it, it was so much fun this year because there was so much uncertainty going on outside of our, you know, in the world. And to do that hockey school and just kind of forget about all that. And even though it looked a bit different and the kids were all spaced out and whatnot. But, you know, I we're, I, I, I miss the yeah, I miss the fans and I miss the hockey. But, you know, those kids are six and seven and ten years old. And then there's two guys we have uh, from Altona who are going into Bantam hockey. Um, or actually I think they're graduated from Bantam hockey and they've been at hockey school two years in a row now. So, you know, that's the, we always talk about how the obstacle is the way that's kind of our slogan. It's written on the wall in our room and we've got a pretty significant obstacle in our way right now. But, uh, just as you were saying that Kev, I just, I know we're going to come back stronger than ever and we're going to keep that uh, flyer pride going for the entire Pemina Valley. And it's just a matter of time that, uh, yeah, we'll get through this sooner, hopefully sooner, hopefully rather than later. Well, fingers crossed, and with a great leader like Jeff at the helm, I think uh, nothing but positives in the future. Uh, Thanks a lot again for this, Jeff. Uh, Always a pleasure talking with you. And once again, Kelvin, another great job here on uh, 10-Minute Misconduct, even though we've gone for about an hour here. It's always always a blast. Uh, So until next week, I look forward to you folks joining us again. This has been an absolute pleasure. Um, Kevin Pauls with Kelvin Check and uh, GM Jeff Jensen. We'll, We'll see you again next time.